Hello, everybody. So nice to be back with you all. Sorry for the long break. Um, I'm going to make this a short episode. It's going to be hopefully around 10 or 15 minutes long. But essentially, I just wanted to hop on here and uh, give everybody some actionable things they can do for themselves and for their family members uh, and friends while we enter into the cold season, uh, literally and figuratively. Uh, we're going to have uh, some cold weather and we're going to encounter some colds, meaning uh, flus and viruses and things of that nature. So tis the season for that. So I wanted to try to just do something a little different here. I've been really busy uh, over the past month in particular. Uh, I was recording a, a lecture uh, for some educational purposes uh, that will be disseminated to medical providers and nurse practitioners and the like which is really exciting. So uh, it's been amazing to be able to do something like that and share some of the things that I've learned and I continue to learn with other people. Um, But unfortunately, it's taken a bit of my time away from podcasting. So I've got some guests. uh, I'm getting lined up here. Hopefully, we'll get a couple episodes in before uh, the new year starts. Uh, But anyways, this episode, I want to particularly focus on actionable things that we can do to improve our health and wellness as we enter the winter months. And um, outside of the obvious stuff, guys, the, you know, eat well, drink well, exercise, be with loved ones, all that good stuff. Um, Some of the things that a lot of people tend to ask me typically revolve around supplements and vitamins and minerals and things of that nature. And how can we, how can we use these things, which are, I think, also low hanging fruits to optimize our health and wellness, especially for our immune health. So guys, here's a short list of items that I use regularly and that I think uh, everybody would benefit from significantly. Uh, One of the things that I like to recommend, uh, which is by far the cheapest option and something that's really readily accessible to everybody is ascorbic acid or vitamin C, as it is commonly known. Uh, Ascorbic acid is an incredible, incredible molecule. Um, It was first discovered by uh, Dr. Georgi uh, I believe back in the 1920s or 30s, and it got a lot of uh, reputation and, and, and stuff in the medical field, especially by a chemist by the name of Dr. Linus Pauling. I've been uh, doing a lot of reading of Dr. Linus Pauling's work, and he's, a, he's an incredible guy. He won a Nobel Prize uh, for chemistry. Um, he's, he's extremely well-known in that area, and he himself used to dose uh, quite a lot of vitamin C. And he found that this was very protective against colds and flus, uh, regardless of what a lot of the uh, scientific literature says. Uh, I would I would urge anybody to read Dr. Linus Pauling's work uh, around vitamin C, and I think he will uh, happily disprove a lot of those uh, scientific studies that essentially show it doesn't seem to serve much of a purpose. Um, what's interesting is that human beings, uh, Homo sapiens, do not produce. Uh, we don't. We do not synthesize our own vitamin C. Uh, if you were a, a goat or a sheep, or a variety of different other mammals, uh, you would produce and synthesize your own vitamin C. So if you got a cold or flu or something like that, you would upregulate the amount of vitamin C to help fight that infection. Uh, but humans and guinea pigs and a couple other animals, uh, unfortunately, do not synthesize their own vitamin C. So we have to get it exogenously uh, via the diet. Uh, typically in the form of fruits and vegetables, uh, although meat does contain some vitamin C. Unfortunately, it's really hard to get a lot of vitamin C these days in our fruits and vegetables, and that's a whole other podcast in and of itself. But 
our uh, poor vegetables and fruits are so nutrient depleted anyways uh, that it just makes it that much more difficult. So one of the easy things we can do is take ascorbic acid or vitamin C. Uh, I recommend uh, at least 1,000 milligrams or one gram of vitamin C three times a day. Uh, you can get this at Walgreens, Kroger, uh, your local drugstore. You can get it online. You can buy it in bulk. Uh, it's extremely, extremely cheap. And, and again, a, a really great way to uh, promote your health and wellness. So you want to split it up three times a day. Uh, that is mostly just to um, keep you from having what is called uh, uh, explosive diarrhea via vitamin C. Sometimes what vitamin C does is it'll change the pH of our bowels, uh, and it'll induce a lot of water to uh, retain into the bowels, and you'll have diarrhea at the end outcome. So to prevent that, you just want to split the dosing up, at least, like I said, three times a day. Uh, many people need much more vitamin C. Uh, there's there's not a lot of rhyme or reason. It's a lot of experimentation, but some people find themselves feeling best when they take somewhere near 10 grams of vitamin C per day. Uh, Dr. Linus Pauling himself, I believe he took around six or 7,000 grams of vitamin C per day. Um, and so again, lots of work and, and, and research there to be done, I think still, but uh, if you want to look into Dr. Pauling's work, it's, it's incredible. So again, one gram, three times a day of vitamin C, you can get it in tablets, in capsules. The main ingredient should really only be ascorbic acid. There shouldn't really be a whole lot else in there. Uh, that's all you need. Uh, another amazing immune health supplement supplement that I typically take and have a lot of my patients take is colostrum, which is the first milk, uh, especially produced from mammals, and specifically the colostrum that people take are either from their mothers when they're breastfeeding, uh, which is incredible, and it's packed with nutrients and especially immunoglobulins, which are protective against viruses and bacteria and things of the like. Um, but the colostrum that I'm talking about is coming from the first milk of a cow. And uh, what these manufacturers do is they take that colostrum and they kind of concentrate it so the immunoglobulins are a little higher. It's around 40% immunoglobulins is what you're looking for. And essentially, you want to take about two capsules, again, two to three times a day. Um, and the reason you're taking it throughout the day is that it also helps with your gut health. Uh, it helps maintain the integrity of the lining of your uh, intestines and things of that nature. So it's a really wonderful thing to add in. Uh, there was a study done not too long ago, which showed that uh, colostrum supplementation was as, or, or no, sorry, colostrum uh, supplementation was more effective than the flu vaccine at preventing the flu. It's pretty incredible. If you guys look that up, it's, it's a really neat study. Um, so colostrum is a, is a wonderful thing to take. If you have ulcerative colitis, Crohn's disease, any kind of autoimmune condition, uh, if you suffer from just frequent colds and infections, colostrum is an amazing thing to add in. Um, another thing I would take, uh, or I would certainly consider taking another one that's really cheap, uh, is zinc. Zinc is a mineral. It's a trace mineral that we get in our diet, especially found in red meat. Uh, for those of us who don't eat a lot of red meat or can't eat a lot of red meat for any reason, uh, I would highly recommend adding uh, zinc in uh, at least 25 milligrams once a day. Uh, and I would also try to include copper with that. Uh, remember, zinc and copper, they kind of compete with each other. And we want to have a ratio somewhere in the ballpark of like two to one uh, in the blood of copper to zinc or, or rather zinc to copper. 
So zinc, again, should be in around 25 milligrams. Zinc picolinate is the type of zinc that is best absorbed and uh, is still readily cheap and available. Uh, there are typically products that can include both zinc and copper in one capsule, which is really nice. So again, the copper should be around two milligrams of something like copper biglycinate uh, to the 25 milligrams of zinc. I think that's a really nice ratio and it works really well for people. Uh, again, I would only take this once a day uh, and I would absolutely take this one with food. Um, it can just upset your stomach a little bit if you don't take it with food. So I think that would be a really good idea. But zinc is super, super important when it comes to our immune system, health and regulation. Uh, it helps with DNA, excuse me, and RNA synthesis. Um, uh, it helps with hormone productions. It's, it's really a, a pretty amazing mineral that our body uses pretty readily. So get enough zinc in guys. It's important. Um, the last thing I would probably consider utilizing is vitamin D3. I, I don't think I need to harp on this one very much. It's gotten a lot of news, especially over the past couple of years. But what I would implore everyone to do is to make sure that your doctor is checking your vitamin D score. And more importantly, we should recognize that our vitamin D uh, is most optimal when it's close to uh, 80 or on uh, between 80 and 100 on the uh, scale versus, uh, you know, anything less than 60 is really not great. So um, a lot of my patients come back extremely deficient in vitamin D3. And so what I recommend my patients do is rather than just take 5,000 international units of vitamin D3, which is what you could do if your vitamin D3 levels were appropriate, um, I would implore you to take double. So five or uh, 10,000 international units or IUs uh, vitamin D3 per day is a really good way to help reach very uh, stable blood levels quickly. Um, some people take 50,000 international units of vitamin D3 once a week. That is also fine. Uh, but a lot of research has pointed and suggested that uh, if you take vitamin D3 once a day, it is even more stable and, and more effective at raising the blood levels up. So again, this is a really, really cheap supplement. You can get this just about anywhere, but you're looking for vitamin D3 in particular, colacalciferol is the name. And uh, again, you can take this once a day or once a week, depending on the dosage. Uh, and not necessarily doesn't necessarily have to be with food. It's not going to hurt your belly or anything like that. But you know, if you get used to taking all of these, especially the once a day ones in the morning with with your breakfast, it tends to kind of get it over with and out of the way. So, um, all right, guys, I hit my ten minute mark here. Wanted to try to keep it certainly under fifteen minutes. So let me know if you find this helpful. Um, you know, I, I, I like to do these long-winded podcasts with my friends and colleagues and peers, um, but I also recognize that sometimes a lot of us don't have enough time, and some of these shorter sound bites are really helpful to just get really practical information out and, uh, and obviously help you guys maintain your health and wellness throughout the cold season. So um, let me know if you like this. Let me know if this is helpful, uh, and hope to catch you all very soon uh, for some more uh, lengthy podcasts involving all kinds of different discussions. Um, let me know what you guys think. Of course, I'm always here open to feedback. If you guys know anybody that might be interested in being interviewed or, or find someone really uh, fascinating or something like that or have a lot to say, let me know. I'm all ears. So thanks so much, guys, and see you all soon. Bye-bye.